He's a funny guy and a great speaker. It's Mark Ritchie. Why don't you give it up for Mark Ritchie? I, uh, I like it here. It's good, isn't it? Do you like it here? No, I really like it. I, um, you don't understand. I have to go around lots of churches and I have to get up and say, wow, isn't it amazing here? And I'm lying. Do you know what I'm saying? <laughs> but it actually is good here, isn't it? Yeah? No, I really do like it. Felt the presence of God. Amazing. I wonder if you could help me because um, my uh, wife's called Tamsin. I've got a son called Jordan who's 22. I've got a daughter, Kezia, who's 19, and um, Kezia went to Canada um, to do an evangelism school. And I had to talk to my wife because we're really excited about her going to this evangelism school, but my wife kept on crying in front of my daughter because she's like missing, I'm going to miss a little girl across the other side of the world. So I had to be the man of the house, and I had to say, Tamsin, stop crying, yeah? I says, we're going to go to the airport. We're going to, like, deliver our daughter. The last thing we want her to see is us like, yay, great, go, yeah? We don't want to see you crying because then my daughter's going to cry, so come on. So Tamsin, you're right, you're right. That, amen, yes, yeah? And so we went down to Heathrow, my whole family, my son, my wife, my daughter, we had a weird, weird coffee because Kezia told us we were not allowed to talk about her going to Canada, yeah? Just a few minutes before she went to Canada, yeah? So it was weird, and we're just chatting. And then I made a big mistake because I got God involved, yeah? If you've got your journal with you, write down, never get God involved. Because, I says, listen... We should pray. Come on. And then I started praying. Within seconds of the prayer, my daughter started sobbing. She's crying. And then I look across at my wife. And I don't know if you've ever heard the expression, ugly crying. Have you ever heard that? <laughs> well, there is something worse than ugly crying. And that is ugly trying not to cry. Yeah, It is horrible. I'm like, love. Please cry and give us all a break. Do you know what I mean? It was like bad. It was bad. And she's there, she's trying not to cry, but then she starts crying. And then I can feel myself and I can feel these tears rolling down my face. And I turn to my 22-year-old son, nothing. Yeah? In fact, it's just a little thought bubble above his head that says, when can we get Nando's? Yeah? That's it. I said to him on the way home, I was like, Jordan, come on, your sister's going to Canada. Why didn't you even cry? And he just looked at me and said, Dad, I am getting her room. <laughs> he said, why would I cry about that? It's like, that's well said, son, that's good, yeah. So we, we kind of said our goodbyes, and then we shot up the motorway to Nottingham where we live, and it was a Saturday and I cracked on with the rest of my day. I thought my daughter was flying, but the plane was massively delayed. I went to the barbers. I go to a barbers where it's all men getting men's haircuts, yeah? Yeah, you can tell this is a man's haircut, yeah? And we're sitting there in this barbers, and then I get a text. 
So I'm thinking my daughter's in the aeroplane, but she's not on the aeroplane. I answer the text, I look at it, and it's from my daughter. And it says, Dad, the plane is just about to go. And before I go to the other side of the world, here are three things I've always wanted to tell you. And these were the most beautiful things you could ever read. And in that barber's, I started bawling my eyes out. Yeah? I mean, I'm talking proper bawling. You know the kind of... <laughs> I was crying like that. It was horrible. There was snot. It was bad, yeah? It was bad crying. And I open my eyes and I look. And in this room, all of these men are all looking at each other. And they're like, you talk to him. No, 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 you talk to him. I mean, they were like... No one in that room had the emotional equipment to deal with a sobbing Scotsman, yeah? They just did not have it. They were all looking at each other. But what was amazing was, once the barber had finished and he turned around and said, who's next? All the guys were like, him, let him go, yeah. Let him go. He needs to go right out of here, yeah? That's what needs to happen. <laughs> so listen, if you're ever in a barber's or in a Starbucks or in a restaurant and it's not happening quick enough, just start crying, yeah? <laughs> you get served very fast. It's amazing. It's amazing. I'm pretty excited about what I feel God's put on my heart to kind of speak with you today. And it's an amazing part of the Bible where Jesus feeds the 5,000. We can see it in John chapter 6. And John chapter 6 and verse 5, this is what the Bible says. When Jesus looked up and saw a great crowd coming towards him, he said to Philip, where shall we buy bread for these people to eat? He asked this only to test him, for he already had in mind what he was going to do. Philip answered him, eight months wages would not buy enough bread for each one to have a bite. Another of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, spoke up. Here is a boy with five small barley loaves and two small fish. But how far will they go among so many? And Jesus said, make the people sit down. There was plenty of grass in that place and the men sat down, about 5,000 of them. Jesus then took the loaves, gave thanks, and distributed to those who were seated as much as they wanted. He did the same with the fish. And when they'd had enough to eat, he said to his disciples, gather the pieces that are left over. Let nothing be wasted. So they gathered them and filled 12 baskets with the pieces of the five barley loaves left over by those who had eaten. And after this, the people saw the miraculous signs that Jesus did. They began to say, surely this is the prophet who has come into this world. Amen. What amazing miracle. Now we are in a Pentecostal church right now. And we all love a miracle. We love miracles. Come on Jesus. Boom. We love that. Yeah. We're excited about that. But today, I want to talk about something a little bit different. I want to talk about the miracle that happens before the miracle. The miracle that happens before the miracle. You see, because for that miracle to happen, that little boy, oh, the worship leader does not enjoy this sermon. Yeah, he is like, he is like, I have heard this already today. I am just going to... It's okay, sir. Do, do not worry. On you go. You go on and do whatever you need to do. You crack on. I think I stayed in both sessions of your worship, but you crack on. 
So the thing is, it's just a joke. We're in church. We can have fun. Don't worry. It was, it's all good. It's all good. And then what I love about this little boy is that this little boy had to overcome the limiting thoughts that were in his mind. You see, that little lad, he absolutely and totally had to overcome those negative, small thoughts. If he had not overcome those thoughts, he would have had put his lunch in the rucksack and we would never have seen this miracle. He had to overcome. He had to get over himself. Here's a Scottish guy come to this great church in Birmingham and saying to you, you need to get over yourself. You see, because all of us in this room, we have those limiting thoughts. We have those thoughts that are just like small and like, ah, and kind of can hold us back. You see, the greatest obstacle that you will face in your life, the greatest obstacle that you are going to have to overcome is yourself you know sometimes we're like oh the enemy's coming against me satan's coming against me and sure we've got to deal with all that but the biggest and the first obstacle that you need to get over is yourself because we limit ourselves with our limiting thinking the first thing this little boy could have done is he could have gone oh man it's just too small it's too small he could have looked at the little bit of fish and the little bit of bread and thought, it's, it's too little. And I, I feel like, ah, I feel like somebody in this room and you think, ah, what I've got to offer is just too little. It's nothing. Maybe it's someone in the room and you're kind of like, ah, oh, I don't have massive gifts. I've not got a huge charismatic personality. I'm not an extrovert. I'm not like one of those outgoing people. I've only got a little to give. But you see, friend, you need to get over yourself. Because the amazing and incredible thing is this, is that when we hand it over to God, it's not up to us to decide how big and how great this miracle can go. That is God's job. We give it over to God and we step back and boom, we watch God do a wonderful and incredible miracle. Amen? Amen. It's like, wow, I get this little. This is all I've got. This is all I've got. And I give it over to God and boom, God multiplies it. You see, I don't know. I'm speaking right around from my soul, but I'm thinking, wow, I believe there might be a book in this room. A book that has not been written yet. And it's inside you. And you're like, oh, it's nothing, it's too small. There's a business idea. Someone's had a little idea flickering around their head. And they're like, oh, I don't know. And God has called the Scottish guy to stand on this stage to speak to you right now and to say, do not just say it's too small. Don't put it back in the rucksack and just take it home with you. But today, hand it over to God and watch God do an amazing miracle. Hand it over to God and see God multiply. I love this. You see, the second limiting thought this kid could have thought was he could have thought to himself, is not enough to make a difference. He could have looked at his little bit of fish and bread 
and then looked at the 5,000. There's thousands of people here. This is not going to make any difference. But wow, the truth is, is again, we hand it over to God and God does it. And it's like, man, you know, for you today, friend, you know, whatever it is, you might think, I, I can't really make any difference in my life. I can't make any difference in my situation. I can't make any difference on my street or my community. And it's like, God, hand it over to God and watch what God will do. God can do amazing things. See, when I was driving in today, I was praying for your great city of Birmingham. And I was driving in and I get overwhelmed because it's this huge city. And there's all these diverse challenges. And there's all these wonderful opportunities. And there's this amazing city center. And there's all the things that a city has got going on happening here. All the wonderful things and all the horrible desperate things it's all going on and we could look at ourselves today we could look around the room and think well how can we make a difference to such a huge city but i want to tell you just like jesus he took that little bit of fish and the bread and he made an incredible difference god can take this group of people in this room and he can turn a city around he can change a city he can turn a street around he can turn a community around he can change the very essence of what the city is about. Wow. It's like, oh my God. We want this. We want to see our city turned around in Jesus' name. Here's the third thing this little kid could have thought. This little kid could have thought, wait a minute. This fish and bread, it's just a little bit of bread from mom's kitchen. It's a little bit of fish from the back kitchen in our house. This is not Master Chef. This is just a little bit of stuff that mum's rustled up together. And isn't it unbelievable to think that that little bit of fish that mum rustled up 2,000 years later, we are still talking about that little bit of fish and that little bit of bread. You see, because friend, I, I, I'm getting excited now while I'm preaching, but I believe that there's someone in the room and you've said, oh, if you knew where I came from, Mark. I'm not very well educated. I come from a bit of a tough background. Oh, if you knew my family, if you knew how dysfunctional things were, if you knew the street that I was brought up on, Mark, I don't know if I can contribute much because my background's pretty tough. And I want to speak to you today. See, God's not worrying about where you came from. God is excited about where you're going. And it's like, you, whatever has happened in your background, whatever's going on in the background, as you hand it over to God, God will do a powerful miracle. It doesn't matter where the fish and the bread came from. What matters is, is that it got into the hands of Jesus, and Jesus, boom, made an incredible miracle happen. And whatever it is, you limiting thoughts. This week you go into situations and you feel intimidated because... You don't know if you can do it because you've not got the background with the same as all the people around. And you feel, oh man, I'm going to back off because I'm not the same as these. And God is saying, no, I've created you for this moment. I've designed you for this time. I need you not to back away or fade off, but I need you to stand tall and be everything I designed you to be. Yeah. <sighs> See, let me tell you about my little background. I, I'm, I'm a minister's kid. My mum and dad are pastors. 
and I went to Bible college. Went to Bible college for three years, and then I went to I went to uh, um, become a minister in Barnsley, and then I became an evangelist, and I was traveling around. But everywhere I went, I was in front of Christians. Everywhere I went, it was Christians. I wanted to be in front of people that are not yet Christian. So I'm like, what's going on? So my wife took me to see a comedian. He was funny. He's not a Christian. He's a guy called Dave Gorman. He's a very funny man, but he's got a message. He's communicating a message. And in the middle of this comedy, God spoke to me. And God said, Mark, I want you to have a go at that. Have you ever had a chat with God where you're like, oh. I went to Bible college. I'm a preacher. I'm a pastor. I preach from the Bible. What are you, what, what are you talking about? You know, God's in heaven going, I, I, I know you went to Bible college. Yeah? I'm, I sent you there. Yeah? Do you remember that? It's, oh, yeah, yeah. And it's like, oh. So we did it. My wife and me, we booked a theater. And I did a one-man show where it was funny. And I weaved the gospel in. And about 70 people came on that first night. There were moments that were funny. People were like, oh, slapping the leg. Oh, funny. There were other moments that were horrendous, yeah? Have you ever heard tumbleweed, yeah? <sighs> where it kind of, <sighs> Have you ever been in a room where everybody at the same time looks at the floor and wants to die? Have you ever been in that kind of room? But when I got to the end, I started to communicate the gospel. And five people made a first-time response for God. I was so excited. And then I'd invited this minister to come and to see it. Because I was doing it for the first time. He sat near the back. And at the end, he came storming down. And he said, never do that again. He says, don't do it again. He goes, do you want to be on TV? Is this what this is about? He goes, get back to preaching in churches. He says, tonight was horrendous. Don't ever do that again. And off he went. You know that moment where you're like, thanks for the feedback. Yeah, have you ever had that? <laughs> Thank you. And on the way home in the car, my wife's talking about, wow, five people responded. Mark, you were so engaging. Everybody was with you. And it's all cool. And then I says, I'm never doing it again. She goes, what, what are you talking about? I says, I told her about the minister and what he said. And my wife, I'll never forget it. She went, listen to me. <laughs> Have you ever heard it when you've seen your wife or your husband or your partner or someone close to you where the vein in their neck, yeah, gets so big and it actually comes out of their body and wanders around the car? Have you ever seen that? <sighs> she says, listen to me. I looked up to God, and God said, I would listen to her, yeah? I would definitely. God was like, I'm listening to her, so you should listen to her. She goes, Mark, Mark, it is true that some of the stories you told tonight, you must never say again out loud, yeah? That is true. But she goes, we can work with some of that. She goes, there were moments where you were funny, engaging, and then when you got to the gospel, people responded. She goes, guess what? You are doing it again. And so we started to do it. I changed some of my stories. I did it in different places, and all oh, the crowds began to get bigger. And then I did it in Lincoln in front of 800 people. And then in front of 800 people, 120 made a first-time response for God. 120 people made a first-time response for God in the theater. 
But what I didn't know, what I didn't know was that that minister that had been there on the first night, he was in the crowd. He was at the back. He comes down to me at the end. He's like, oh, you must keep on doing this. <laughs> and he's talking to me. I'm listening. I'm thinking as soon as he stops talking, I'm going to let him have it. Yeah. I'm going to I'm going to tell him exactly what I think. And I'm going to tell him, listen, if I'd listened to you, I would never have done this. I'm like, oh, I'm ready. I'm ready to roll. And then God says, no, 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 Mark. Fingers on lips. No, no, no. Be the bigger man. I'm like, oh, I'm the bigger man. Yeah, yeah. Amen. Shook his hand and off he went. Yeah. And now I talk about him all over the world. Yeah. And it's like, never use his name. Hallelujah. And the thing is, the truth is, is that like my background was completely different. But wow, I, I, I listened to God. I said, God, it's up to you to do the miracle. And we are amazed at what God's doing. This summer at the Edinburgh Festival, as a comedian, I stood up on the stage and in front of all this crowd for a whole week, we sold out many of the nights. And in that venue right next to the Royal Mile in Edinburgh, we had the opportunity to make people laugh and then think about God. Because as a young lad, I was 15 and 16, I used to go up to the fringe because I lived in Musselburgh. It was just a few minutes away. I used to go up and there would be comedians absolutely ripping the name of Jesus to shreds. Ripping Christianity apart. And I sat there as a young lad and said, God, one day I will stand on that stage and I will lift up the name of Jesus. I will lift up the name of Jesus. You see, friend, what I'm saying is, is that whatever your background, whatever's happened in the past, it's like we hand it over to God and we watch God do an amazing miracle. I love this. I, 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 wish, I wish in this story I could have had the opportunity to kind of just be at the side. Because if I was at the side, you know, the Bible says that Philip and Andrew, Jesus' disciples, they're faffing around Jesus. They're faffing around saying, oh, Jesus, what are we going to do? Tesco's is shut. Tesco's is shut on a Sunday. It shuts at four o'clock. He's like, oh, what are we going to do? It's like, oh, I don't know. I don't know if Waitrose is open. Is Waitrose open? I don't know if Waitrose is open. What about Aldi? Aldi's always open. Silence, come on. with Jesus. Jesus is the son of the living God. Jesus made the people. Jesus made the fish. Jesus made the bread. Jesus made Aldi. I mean, he made everything. It's like, oh, I wish I could shout from the side and say, open your eyes. Salvation is here. Open your eyes. Salvation is here. Why are you talking to Jesus about there's not enough? He's like the son of the living God. Come on. And friend, I want to say just for these few minutes, open your eyes. Salvation is here. That in this place today, salvation is here. You see, I believe that there's some people during the music and, and you were moved, but you were thinking, well, I, I've drifted from God. I believe that during this time you've sensed that God's almost something, but you're like, oh man, 
I've never shaken my fist at God and told God he doesn't exist. I've never shaken my fist and said, I hate you, God. But life has meant that I've just drifted, drifted away from God. Uh, uh, last year, my wife and me got a chance to go to Australia. We went to the Gold Coast. And I went in the sea. It's amazing. And, and I got absolutely wiped out by this wave. The waves are so big and the rip curl so strong. And the tidal kind of pool is amazing. And I was talking to um, these lifeguards and they were telling us that a few days before there had been a nine-year-old girl and she'd been out swimming and a wave took her out. And the waves just turned so quick. And then this little girl was getting thrown around by the waves and the lifeguards ran out but they couldn't get to her because of the waves and the ripped They couldn't get near her. So they threw this piece of apparatus, this equipment that's called a rescue can. And they threw it out. It's like a kind of flotation equipment. And if she grabs hold of that, they could pull her in. But this little girl, she's nine. The waves are knocking her around. Everything's happening. It's so loud. They're shouting to tell her, grab it. She can't really hear them. She goes down and she's going down. It feels like she's going down for the last time. She's choking and they're thinking, we're going to lose her. And they're shouting, please just grab It's right there. That's where your rescue is. And then suddenly she has this moment where the light bulb happens and she grabs hold of this rescue can and they pull her in. And they told me that the dad came running down the beach and they pulled her right in and there he is, right into the arms of dad. And you know, friend, here we are today and and you know, the truth is, is that God so loved the world that he gave his son. He threw the cross. People say, what is the cross? The cross is our rescue line. The cross is our salvation. If we could only grab hold of the cross, then we will be pulled into the arms of God. And even for you today, wherever you're sitting, wherever you are in this room, they're all, God, He comes and He throws out the rescue to you. Open your eyes, friends. Salvation is here. It's like, oh, pulled into the arms of the Father. I love this story. I love this story because it's about overflow. The Bible says... The Bible says that there were baskets left over. Do you understand how great a miracle this is? There were teenagers at this event, yeah? And the Bible says there were leftovers. I mean, this is a miracle. But I love it. You know, have you ever been to a barbecue or a birthday or a party where there just wasn't quite enough food? Have you ever been to that? And it's like, oh, yeah, and people are so lovely, aren't they? Listen, us 30 people, we can share a sausage roll. That's fine. And it's like, oh. But you know, the truth is that God is a God of overflow. He's a God of abundance. He's a God of blessing. And I want to live a life of overflow. You know what my wife and me started doing a couple of times? We'll be in a restaurant and we'll see a couple and we'll pick them out. And we'll, we'll pay their bill. It is fantastic. They're looking over. Why is he paying her bill? Who is it? Do you know him? I don't know him. Do you know him? I don't know him. It's like, oh. Now you need to understand, when they're looking over at me, I am not at the table going, 
Jesus died for you, yeah? I'm not. I'm not doing a drama sketch. I'm not trying to win them for the Lord, yeah? Yeah? All I'm doing is, I just want to live a life of overflow. I want to live a life where I'm blessing others. I want to live a life where it's give away, give away, give away. That's what I want to live. You see, this speaks deeply to my soul, but this, these words get me. You can grip on tight to your blessings and live a life of scarcity. Or you can give your blessings away and live a life of overflow. You can hold on tightly to everything you've been given and live a life of scarcity. Or you can give your blessings away and live a life of overflow. I hope you're not going to get mad at me, but I want to speak straight for a minute. I don't know if you've ever been part of an inside joke that you didn't know and you were on the outside of an inside joke. Have you ever had that? Where people are laughing about something and you don't know what it is. Have you ever had that? And it's like you say, oh, guys, what are you laughing at? And they go, oh, never mind, never mind. It's just something we do. Have you ever had that? Oh, it's just something, we, we just us, we're laughing at that. How does that make you feel? Horrible. On the outside. Excluded. Inaccessible. Friends, sometimes the church has done that with the gospel. It's been like our inside joke. It's been like our little deal that we all know about it. And the world, well, they're kind of on the outside going, hey guys, what, what is it? What is this? And it's like, oh, we've got it. We are the chosen ones. We are the excluded ones. And you guys, you're never going to get it. Oh, friends, that is not what God sent Jesus to the cross for. God sent Jesus so that this great gospel message would be given away and away and away and away. That we would become the most accessible. That we would become the most absolutely oh, engaging. I was in a church recently and I was sitting on the front row. The pastor got up and said something and I fell onto my knees and started weeping. He told me this story of how a lady in their church... She's been married to a guy for 35 years and every Sunday she asks him to church. He never comes. A few Sundays ago, he's there. Sunday morning, she comes down and he's at the breakfast table and he's got a suit on. She's like, what's happening? So, well, you keep asking me to church, I'm coming. There were two services. She goes, let me go and serve in the first one and I'll sit with you in the second one. Great, great, great. He knew where to come. Good. She went, she was so excited all morning, she's serving. She got caught up in some stuff, got a bit distracted with some stuff. She came, she's looking for her husband in the second service. And he's not there. She can't find him anywhere. She's looking all over, he's not there. And at dinner time, she gets home, she says, where were you? You told me you were coming. And he said this. He says, I did come. He says, I came. And he told her where he sat. He says, and I was sat down there, I was ready for the service. And a couple came up to me and said, excuse me, but that's our seats. We've sat there for the last however many years. Could you move and get another seat? He got up. They sat down. He couldn't really find one. He went home. Friends, if that's church, I'm out. 
If that's church, I'm out. We're not in a club. This place exists for people that are not here yet. This place exists for people that are not here yet. We, our heart is that we want to give away and give away and give away. I want you to get involved in the Christmas stuff. I love the heartbeat of what's happening here. I was chatting to Pastor Mark about what he's doing for Christmas. And I'm like, wow, we want to keep on giving away and giving away and giving away. I want to pray at the end that the Christmas carol services are absolutely rammed this year and that many people come to faith. I want us to believe that we're going to give away and give away and give away. See, as the musicians are just coming up to join me, I wanted just to finish by telling you a story about what happened with my son and me. I was in the front room and he came through the front door and he saw me. I was sobbing, sobbing on the, on the, on the floor. He says, Dad, what's up? Why are you crying? And I pointed and showed him what I'd just been watching. I'd just been watching this little bit of video about Grenfell Tower. Does everybody know the Grenfell Tower story and how that building went up in flames and people lost their lives? And I'm watching it and as I'm watching this video, I, it's a very specialized video and, 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 and homed in on this little group. And this little group, all of them have got these foil blankets on, these survival blankets on. And they're all talking agitated and excited to each other because they've been rescued. A fireman had come in and rescued them. And this little group are all talking about how amazing. And I got saved and the room was burning. And but then the camera pans out. And in the back, you can suddenly see that the building is still burning. The building is still burning. People are running away from the building. The horrendous noise and the screaming. And this little group in their little huddle talking to each other. And the camera comes back on. And then suddenly one of them stands up. He pulls the blanket off him. This foil survival blanket. He throws it down. And then he starts running towards the building. He starts running towards the building and a couple of minutes later the camera follows him and you see him helping this old lady out of the building with a fireman and the two of them are helping this lady. And when the media talked to him later, he said, I realized that I've been rescued to see others rescued. I've been rescued to see others rescued. You see, friend, as I'm nearly finishing this sermon, I want to say to you, that I visit lots of churches and they're in a huddle. They're in survival mode. They're waiting, oh Jesus, when you get back. Oh, we're just holding on till you get back, Jesus. But oh friends, God did not intend for us to be in some little holy huddle. But God is looking for you that you would rise up and that you would run to the broken. That you would run to the marginalized. That you would run to the devastated. That friend that you would help. You have been rescued to see others rescued. That you have been rescued to see others rescued. Oh. It's still burning. This world is still broken. It's still devastated. It's still ruined. Are we going to stay in a little huddle? 
Or are we going to rise up and go to the broken? Are we going to go to the devastated? Oh God, your presence. Your presence is here. I wonder if we could bow our heads in the presence of God. As we're in God's presence, I believe that there are some people you have drifted. You have drifted from God. What I'm simply going to do in a moment is I'm going to pray a prayer. And I'm going to ask today that you pray that prayer after me. Don't say it out loud, but just pray it in your heart. And then I'm going to say amen. And I'm going to ask us just to keep our heads bowed for a couple more moments. And then I'm going to count to three. And I'm going to say, if you prayed that prayer, I would love you just to slip up your hand. And... I've got a little team organized, they're going to come, they'll just stick something in your hand and you just stick it under your chair. We'd love for you to have that. But as every head's bowed and every eye's closed, why don't you just pray this prayer after me? Father God, thank you that you sent Jesus. And I come through the cross and I ask for your forgiveness. And I receive your embrace. I'm so glad to be found in your arms. In Jesus' name. Amen. As every head stays bowed and every eye is closed, I'm just going to count to three. And if you prayed that prayer, I just want you to slip up your hands so I can see it. One, two, three. That's amazing over there. That's wonderful. Keep your hand up till people... Just come and put the pack in your hand. That's amazing. People all around the room, the team are just going to come now. That's really fantastic. So good. We're just going to give a moment because people all around the room responded. That is wonderful. Lord, we thank you. We thank you for your goodness. We thank you. Your name is amazing, Jesus. We're just taking a moment because so many people have responded and we just thank you, Lord. We're so grateful, Jesus. We're so wonderfully blessed. Thank you, Lord. Jesus, you are in this place and we sense your presence and we thank you for salvation. We thank you, Lord, that the cross is our salvation. Thank you, Lord. We come through Jesus into the arms of God. And we pray, Lord, for those that have responded in this place today. We pray, Lord, that there would be an incredible sense of a beginning of a journey. In Jesus' name. Amen. Are you okay to give God a massive hand clap? God is awesome. God is amazing. We give God praise. Well, church, in a moment, I'm going to hand back to the leaders. But before we do that, I really feel stirred up just to pray over you as a church. That this December, that you would know a Christmas where you run to the broken and the devastated. 
Wouldn't it be amazing this Christmas while you're eating your turkey on Christmas Day and we are just celebrating that many have come into the kingdom of God. Wouldn't you just love that? That we would run to the broken and the ruined and the devastated. So church, if you feel okay, would it be alright for you to stand in the presence of God? And if you feel comfortable with this, because I'm going to pray a prayer of anointing over you that you would preach good news to the poor. I'm going to pray an anointing over you that you would be going into those buildings and you would be pulling out people and that you would bring them into the arms of the Father. So if you feel okay and comfortable, would it be alright to ask you to raise up your hands towards heaven? Because, oh God, Father God, Holy God, we just come before you today and we ask that you would anoint us to preach good news to the poor. That God, that we would not be a church that just exists for itself. That we would not be a holy huddle. But God, that we would be given away and given away and given away. We pray for this December that multitudes would come to faith in the name of Jesus. We pray for carol services that would be full and that people's lives would be turned around and changed in the name of the Lord. Lord, we come, we give you our little. Would you do a miracle that impacts the city of Birmingham? Would you do a miracle that changes the spiritual temperature of the city in the name of Jesus? And God's people said, Amen.